Hello, and welcome to episode 341 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with C.L. Zeno, comics creator with the Arnest, I'm sorry, the Avandris Theory. Did I say that right? Yeah. Avandris Theory on Kickstarter now. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. CL, thanks so much for, for joining. Uh, we're really excited to talk about this book. Let's start the interviews off as we normally do. We ask for two things. We ask for uh, a quick bio and an elevator pitch for the book. Sure. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, CL Zeno here. Um, yeah, so I've been uh, drawing pretty much my whole life. Um, I, I was in the Navy for eight years, uh, and then um, I'm in Hampton Roads, Virginia, with the rest of the Evandris Theory uh, creative team. We're a very uh, tight-knit community down there in Norfolk. Um, Corey Bland, who runs the uh, uh, 757 Comic Cartoons Creators Group, uh, he he that 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 group is how how we all met and stuff and stuff like that. So um, it, it's important to talk about, I think, as I do the elevator pitch because kind of when I talk about the comic. We say like basically like, hey, we started making uh, this during COVID because we all um, wanted to collaborate and stuff uh, since we were all isolated and everything like that. Um, we came out with the comic last year. It's a multiverse story. Um, so each universe that the characters go to is a different art style and it's an anthology in that way. So uh, although there's a one um, ongoing narrative, it is individual stories like an anthology. So. That's kind of the pitch. It's like a multiverse, um, good versus evil kind of, um, you know, Star Wars meets Masters of the Universe type 80s cartoon uh, silliness. Uh, it's very camp, very retro kind of sci-fi. Uh, yeah, the other origin for it or like inspiration for it is like uh, Adam Strange and, and those, you know, 50s pulp sci-fi things. So nice. uh, it's super fun. I'm glad you guys read it and uh, definitely glad to be talking about issue two. Nice. Uh, no, why don't you lead us off for the first with the first question for CL? Yeah, I was wondering. Uh, I'm very curious as how the group formed. Was it just a sort of an internet Facebook thing where you guys just put out a call for our local artists and started a meetup group, or what? What are the origins there? Yeah, so uh, I I found the Facebook group for the club, uh, and the club is at the Muse Writers Center in Norfolk. It's a nonprofit uh, that has like classes on. Uh, writing anything from creative writing music um classes for kids adults it, it's it's an awesome community center um and one of the clubs is the comic creators club that Corey's in um so i i've been going there since i found it um you know it, it's a good time to collaborate obviously like hey this is what i'm working on these are my techniques it's a it's a good networking tool but also you know Corey's a great friend of mine so you know, we, we just go um, and half the time it devolves into just talking about movies and comics and awesome nerdy things that we're all interested in. So, um, yeah, the Muse was kind of where we all met um, and that was right before COVID. So when COVID hit, we were kind of all familiar with each other and, and becoming friends. And uh, over the course of the pandemic, um, we were just spitballing, you know, oh, would it be cool if we did this? And it just evolved into this, and we're super proud of it. It's kind of one of those things that is uh, it, it's a passion project, but we all um, you know bounce ideas off each other, and it's very collaborative. You know, people would send concept art, or like I, I would send like a couple pages of a script, and they're like, "Oh, we're super jazzed about this. This lore is cool." You know, that inspired me inspires me to do this drawing, and it, it was just very organic. 
um, in the creative process uh, and just the, the group, um, you know, getting together. It was just, hey, I'm going to message my friend Manuel. I'm going to message my friend Brian. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it, it just grew from there. And it's 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 the, you know, the positive thing to come out of the pandemic for us. So we're very happy about it. That's did so you, cool. Did you uh, ever like sit down and uh, have like a serious attempt at, at making something a novel or you know a comic strip or a comic or yeah. first time? So you've had sort of things that you've worked on before. Yeah. So on on my um, deployment in 2016, uh, I I got really into writing. I wrote uh, like 400 pages. Uh, it was just kind of a, a good escape for me. Um, and I was also uh, coming up with an idea for a comic with some of my friends um years before that uh for a character called drunk mom who appears in uh in the Vondra's theory it was kind of a crossover with that I ended up writing this like 12 issue arc before covid and i was like all right i got my tablet i'm i'm ready to go <laughs> and then covid hit and it just lost all, a bunch of steam uh so it, it's definitely still coming but it's it's a couple uh, months or years down the road um but the Avondra's theory was kind of my it yeah, it's my first comic, but also like I have written all these things and um, I'm, I'm uh, drawing digitally and everything. Like I did the inks and the colors on the cover. I did the all the art for my story and I wrote two of the stories. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely uh, wearing a lot of hats <laughs> uh, for this one. Uh, but it's also my baby too, right? Like the, the lore, uh, I feel like I am probably the most familiar with the lore or like most invested in the lore. So I can definitely go at length about that if you guys are interested as well. <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that was actually my question was, so I, my, I had a question about whether yeah, your character Drunk Mom was something that you had before the book or if it was something you created Yeah, uh, and, just for this anthology. But, and I was curious about if, if everybody else had sort of a similar thing where they were just bringing their own characters into this. Yeah, that, that was part of the initial conception of the idea is like, all right, well, what if there's an anthology and then, you know, each story has these parentheses of these portals and the same characters jump through different worlds. Uh, but what if we can also use it um, uh, as a way to kind of bridge different indie comics together? Um, and so they came through, obviously, the Drunk Mom world had a little isolated adventure and then left. Um, and so the like the working title for Avondra's Theory was Crisis on Indie Earths. Um, uh-huh. That was just kind of the the label i put on it until we came up with the boundaries theory um so yeah so uh cory bland is doing a crossover with his character aria the elf it's like a fantasy um uh cartoon that he's doing so in that one he has a wizard uh nix who is the the nico of his world um so that that that's gonna be fun and then yeah the the plan is to i think in the first five issue arc have a bunch of our indie characters cross over and then hopefully team up against Emperor Mata in a big finale. That's kind of the, the wish. So That's so great. Yeah, so the first issue, it was you uh, and Brian Lacey and um, Manuel. Uh, right. And uh, is everybody returning for this one and then also Corey? Yes, that's right. We're just bringing on Corey. I definitely couldn't uh, imagine doing another comic especially since it's basically born from the muse uh without him so i definitely was excited to bring him on for the second one that's so great and do you guys get to work do you guys like 
make the time to work on your comics in person together or is it like all online? Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so yeah, we're, again, we're all in Hampton Roads, Virginia. So uh, like, although I'm, you know, on the, the Northern peninsula there um, and like, for example, we got people out in Virginia beach, Norfolk, Chesapeake, Portsmouth, we're kind of all over the place. Uh, and Norfolk's kind of a central location. Um, yeah. Like, me and Corey work on things when we go to the, the muse meetings still uh, that we started back up after COVID. Um, like I definitely have sit, sat in coffee shops with Brian and just <laughs> drawn together. Um, and Manuel has uh, started uh, inviting us out too. So yeah, we're definitely uh, again, a very tight knit community and, and good friends on the comic. So that's so rad. That's so great. But um, yeah, on the lore, on the lore part, what, what, so like, drunk mom explain like you know inspiration and, and idea there okay please. yeah the the elevator yeah. pitch for drunk mom um is that she is a recovering alcoholic single mother um and her like 22 year old intern at her work uh convinces her to fight crime after an incident where she kind of saves a mugger um like uh, if, if you imagine the the scene from incredibles when he walks out or wants to walk out and save that guy's getting mugged in the alley, drunk mom does it. And then, uh, confides in her intern. Um, and then they end up fighting crime. Cause he's a huge nerd. He's like, Oh my God, this is awesome. And she's like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, it's, I, This guy was getting assaulted. It's not, it's not awesome. She's very like grounded and, uh, almost nihilistic. Um, but yeah, so since she fights crime at night and she's a single parent, so she like, you know, drops her kid off, goes to work, uh, picks him up, puts him to bed and stuff, and then fights crime. She never sleeps, so she's just tired all the time. And everyone assumes, since she can't tell them the truth, uh, that she's like relapsed and went out drinking and stuff. So she has to just kind of live with this this nickname uh, as her son's drunk mom. Um, so it, it again, it's got twelve issues coming at some point, but uh, that's that's the universe. Uh, they they end up recruiting a lot of people because they get in over their head. So there's uh, about 10 heroes by the end of the series um, that help Monica and uh, and Craig fight crime. So That's so cool. So you had mentioned earlier that you had written sort of a 400 page, uh, I'm assuming that was like a, like a prose work? It's prose, yeah, that's right. And then you make the decision, or you know, you get inspired to, to make these comics. Um, you know, you had that experience writing prose where you could be a little bit more sort of prolific, you know, go into a little bit more description, sort of not, you know, not, not, it's a, not that it's a bad thing, but you can meander, you know, explore different ideas and come back. But with, a, you know, comic book and certainly like an anthology story, you have to be very concise. Um, were there things that were, were a challenge to you? Um, and did you... I guess sort of a, a follow-on question was, you know, did you like look at things that you liked and said, Hey, I'm going to reverse engineer this. Or did you do it? You know, some of us, we all go and grab the understanding comics, you know, all that. Oh stuff. yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'd say um, writing prose was more a function of uh, being in the middle of the Persian Gulf with a laptop. <laughs> and that's pretty much all I had um it was like a necessity um but i mean I, I have read understanding comics i read a lot of drawing books um i think drawing on the right side of the brain by betty edwards was a huge influence on me at like age 10 um and uh how to draw comics in the marvel way obviously by Buscema and uh, and stanley um 
so like and, and reading comics and stuff growing up um that kind of informed more of my creative process even when i was writing prose so that one was um kind of a, a superhero um a multiverse thing as well um and some of the heroes that i made in the the prose work i've like kind of retooled and and sort of put in, in comics um so it, it's always i think been the comics first mm-hmm. um and even when i was writing um the chapters i would try to keep um the chapters to like a tight kind of almost serialized um uh format so it, it's always been i think prose was more of what lit my writing spark where I had been drawing my whole life. I've only really been writing since that deployment. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do all your stuff like traditionally and then color digitally? Uh, the other team does that. I actually do all digitally. Um, and that came when I started to draw drunk mom, I started doing it traditionally, obviously because I was in love with the process because of like older comics and, um, you know, all those instructional books talk about pencils and inks. And so you think literal pencil and, you know, ink, ink well or whatever. Um, but it, it, it was a lot of, uh, more stressful for me. Uh, I, I have anxiety. I'm pr- pretty uh, open to talking about it. Um, and so, um, and I had never really had gotten to the point in my work where I was interested in coloring because I didn't want to ruin my inks or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was honestly liberating to, to draw digitally and it works for me. And if, you know, people draw physically and they love original art. I mean, obviously I'm a huge fan of that too. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just what works best for me. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, you use like an iPad or like, uh, what, what, what do you, what do you draw digitally on? Uh, so I use clip studio paint for the software. Um, I got an 11 inch Microsoft surface pro tablet, um, nice. in like 2017, uh, my sister actually gifted me a like Wacom uh, tablet drawing surface. I think it's like 18 or 21 inches or something. Um, wow. and it's, it's really allowed me to be a lot more prolific in my drawing. Um, I mean, just the consistency in the lines and the accuracy is just from the size alone is, is incredible. Um, so yeah, and my, my family has been very supportive of my creative journey. Yeah, no kidding. That's amazing. That's so yeah. great. Yeah. So you might be one of the the rare people that sort of has, it sounds like you have like a home setup and then you sort of have a mobile setup. A lot of folks that we've been talking yeah. to um, either have one or the other. Um, so do you have like a, like a cloud-based system that like, if you're, you know, you're doing something on the, you know, the 18 inch one that's sort of, you know, in the studio, but then you're on the you're on the run and you have the mobile, like how do, how do you handle things like that? Um, I, I do have Dropbox and then, uh, so actually the Wacom is, is not a computer in and of itself. So it does use the Microsoft surface software. Um, and it's, it's basically just an extension or a, uh, an interface with the computer. So even if I do something out, um, mobile with, uh, Brian or, or Manuel or something, um, at a coffee shop it's still saved on that same laptop so oh, nice nice but i do use dropbox for sharing stuff um between the team and in clip studio paint um I, I i have it i've dabbled in it um 
Yeah. Mainly a lot of stuff I do is in Procreate, but I'm assuming you're doing everything like soup the nuts in uh, Clip Studio Paint because it has all the function, lettering, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, yes. I am a terrible letterer, though, admittedly. Uh, Michael Micah Myers um, does the lettering um, on my story and Manuel's story in the first issue. And I believe he's doing all four stories uh, in issue two. Nice. Micah does, Micah does good stuff. Oh yeah, he's a very busy, very talented guy. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, and uh, when you are uh, writing your comics and things like that, are you also like thumbnailing at the same time, or do you kind of keep the writing and drawing separate? Um, that's a good question. Um, so, I, I definitely see them as separate in my mind. So, like when I'm writing the script, um, I'm writing it in a way that. I would be satisfied reading um, in that way so that like I can turn over and give it to Manuel and it's detailed, it's concise, the pacing's great. It's not kind of like, you know, fight scene. This guy punches this guy and this guy dies. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's not that. Right. It's, it's very, um, uh, I think, like directed, I think is a good um, way to say that. Uh, so even if when I'm doing it for myself, I'd like to write in a way that, talks about the details, uses the details in the art as story elements, right? Um, just so that the the art is therefore more informed by the writing when I go to do the writing, uh, the, the drawing. So um, I do it for myself. A lot, a lot of people, I think, cartoonists uh, are like, okay, well, I'm telling a story. What, what angles do I need to convey this thought or whatever? Uh, I definitely don't work like that. Um, I do script and I do art after is it, That's is really it, cool. Is it full script, like page one, panel one? Yep. Yeah. It's fully is formatted, everything. You or both cases for you and for a collaborator to go in, both full script, yep. both time? Okay. Yep. And uh, I think, so the reason why I do that is just like, I, I think the story is something that I'm uh, not more interested in, but is more um, personal in my mm -hmm. opinion, uh, for me. Uh, so it's something that I would like to tinker and get the way that I want it. And I don't want to have to change the art if I, you know, want to change a story element and I'm not like halfway through it or something like that. Uh, so I do, I do it to completion and then, and then do, start the art. That's great. And then like, uh, there's sort of like a, it's a very fun book, obviously, but like, there's also like a very humoristic aspect to it. Yeah. <laughs> What's it like, you know, like when you guys are working together, is it sort of a goal to make each other laugh with your jokes or are you guys just like laughing the whole time while you're writing it and things like that? That's a good question as well. Um, uh, the, the, the guys are hilarious one. Um, that's, I think the most important thing to note is that they're, they're all hilarious and they all just make me laugh every time I see them. Um, we did a jam comic at the Kickstarter launch, uh, that Corey started, uh, you know, one person starts a story, pass it to the next person. And it was, uh, Brian always does puns in his work. Uh, so a, a character rushes in uh, from the Marvel universe and just says like, quick, the hand is afoot. Uh, mm -hmm. Like the, the ninja organization, the hand. Um, and then Manuel just took it literally and made the, the character put a shoe on their, on their hand. Uh, and, yeah. and I was just like, what? is that like this is the most silly 
just and we were all dying laughing so um yeah like i I know brian is is trying to you know engineer this story and these puns in the this intricate you know (laughs) web when he's writing um and uh i think that's also one of the reasons why i do full script first uh so like when I'm directing a scene um, where I want certain plot elements to happen um, and I want the characters to be like present in a certain space and in a conversation, the humor can also be added to it in a more organic way, I think. That's awesome. So I I called up the Kickstarter and and I'm glancing through it. Um, So uh, I'm assuming, you know, if I wasn't around for the the first issue, you probably in this one, you have the the ability to, to catch up. Is that is that the case? Correct. Yeah. So we have uh, um, each of the different tiers, um, the like uh, digital tier, the physical tier, you know, the, the, the signed copy and the regular comic. There's a T-shirt one. And all of those have um, if you're new to the Avondra's theory, if you've never heard of it, never read it, stumble upon it. Um, there is a catch-up tier for all of those. So the ones that say new, um, that has issues one and two. So if you grab a digital copy, you're grabbing a digital copy of one and two. Same thing with physical, same thing with signed copies. Um, so yeah, you can definitely catch up. That's great. And you also have you have some other unique tiers as well. Uh, you had the D&D tier. <laughs> yeah. explain that? Yeah, so when I was um, uh, looking at other Kickstarters and stuff, uh, just to kind of make sure I wasn't off the mark with like price point or or kind of how the Kickstarter looks when I was designing it. Uh, I noticed a lot of a lot of humor as well. Uh, so you don't really see the personality when you see in a project. Sometimes uh, it, it may just be, you know, like hey, here's a picture of my face. This is who I am uh, in the bio or whatever. Uh, but the humor really it, it, using the Kickstarter platform as a platform for comedy is hilarious to me. Um, so when I was making the, the joke tiers, if you will, uh, I was like, Hey, what if, what, what if, uh, you know, for a ridiculous amount for $600, sure. I'll fly anywhere in the country and play D and D with you. Uh, cause I love playing D and I'm a dungeon master, uh, in some of my, nice. my off time. Uh, so I was like, look, if anybody's willing to support us that much, I'll, I'll buy a plane ticket <laughs> and I'll, uh-huh. I'll, I'll, I'll set up in the, the, you know, your local game store, craft store. Uh, and play D and D with you. So, and there's only one uh, of those available. So, if you're really into D and D, there's a, a a virtual one where we play on Roll Twenty and Discord, and then a physical, like an in person one. So, very cool. That's so great. So, also, I'm looking at this that you. This is the second time you've been to Kickstarter. Obviously, with uh, issue one, I'm assuming right. was, was the first time. Um, so, going into the second time. Uh, were there any sort of lessons learned that you knew the first time or were there things that like you were like, all right, I experienced this in, in, in the first time. I, I know what to expect here. Like anything happened differently in, in one or two? The, the yeah. yeah, there's, there's a, a couple changes we made. Uh, I mean, when we went into the first Kickstarter, we didn't even have a digital tier. So uh, that was something I think we learned in real time on the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the... Let's see. Uh, the retailer tiers are new. Uh, we did. Uh, we, I, I basically just went to every store in Hampton Roads, and all but one uh, carry our book. So that's like twenty-three stores in the area um, carry our book. Um, and so we're doing them on Kickstarter now, uh, just so it's a little bit more uh, legitimate, and uh, we can track the uh, number of copies for printing 
and the the sails uh, a little bit uh, better, a little streamlined. Um, uh, let's see, what else is different? Uh, the, the the joke tiers or the humor tiers, um, and then the catch up tiers. Uh, there's also uh, a third type of tier besides the regular one and the new one. There's the salty one, uh, which is funny. Uh, so each of the tiers are named after like a rank in the Allied Legion, uh, the the rebels, if you will, uh, in our world. Um, and so someone who's been in the military a while, you can say that they're salty. You know, they're they're grizzled, they're disaffected, or or jaded. Um, so a lot of people uh, in the first kickstarter um pre-ordered the second one uh so when we're kind of coming up with like okay well what what what's here for them you know why should they even back the kickstarter they've already pre-ordered uh well we decided to do a lot of swag for this one um so we've got like a uh, like a swag bag uh it's got a t-shirt water bottle sticker keychain a drawstring bag itself um stuff like that um so like stuff that's exclusive to the kickstarter uh so that like pull economics allows us to you know do stuff that we wouldn't normally be able to do uh financially take take more risks to to get more cool stuff for for the fans and the backers so uh, yeah it's so awesome so have you seen um like common i mean i know this is the second one but like sometimes we have people that are like you know three or four issues into the series they're like all right you know there's a certain amount of names that you know you know, I see come through each time and I can kind of rely on these people. So I'm assuming you're seeing a little bit of that. Uh, I know yeah. you, have, you had a pre-order for, for two, but maybe people didn't want to commit, you know, that far on issue one. So they're like, all right, I'm issue one this time. I'm issue two again. So are you seeing a lot of returning, returning customers from, from one? Yes, absolutely. Um, a lot of uh, the backers were like our friends and family or even like locals in the area. So I think they really established a like you know personal connection uh, prior to even clicking on the link or scanning the QR code for issue one, um, and we're glad that they you know took a chance on us as people and uh, on Evandris as a comic and uh, enjoyed it and are, are coming back. Um, it, it's really cool to develop um, you know the concept um, in real time with with fans. Uh, one one of the cool things that's kind of fan driven. Um, we wanted to do a keychain for the swag bag. Um, and we have the preview on there, right? The first three pages. Um, mm -hmm. and so whenever somebody checks it out, you know, I'm like, Hey, well, you know, what do you think? The first, first thing everyone says, no fail, uh, is, Hey, I like that space cat. That space cat's cute as heck. Uh -huh. I, I love him to death. I need more of him. Uh, people are obsessed. I don't, I don't know what it is, but we, we hit a home run with the cat. So we, we have a keychain for the cat Very <laughs> available cool. on the Kickstarter. <laughs> so the people have spoken. That's what they want. So we're going to do it. <laughs> that's so great. So one of the questions I will ask somebody on that's in the middle of a campaign, um, we get varying answers here, is what type of Kickstarter runner are you? Are you checking the the backer count and the, you know, the funding total every 30 seconds? Or are you able... Uh, we had a little bit of a pre-show interview. I know you have a you know uh, a life event going on. You're moving, so yeah. you have stuff to, to occupy your time. But if you have like a moment where you're not busy with the move, are you like, let me get out the phone and and, and see where we are? How how do how do you handle the stress of um, yeah running a Kickstarter? How do you handle the stress of running a Kickstarter? 
that's a that's a good one. Um, well, uh, I handle my anxiety uh, <laughs> with like uh, therapy. Uh, I take medication. Uh, I use to do lists a lot, kind of religiously. Um, so I kind of wrote out a lot of my marketing strategy uh, based on like a to do list, right? So I'm gonna you know message these stores. I'm gonna um, you know make this kind of update um, for the backers via the, the the post update on the Kickstarter platform which sends out an email, you know, uh, very meticulously. Um, so they're like, Hey, I have a plan. I'm going to do my best, put it out there. And, uh, you know, if the plan works great, you know, then that's, you know, uh, reassuring that the, the, the plan that I had worked, if something needs to change uh, or I need to pivot or, or reassess, then I do that and, and just take it one day at a time really. But, uh, I might make like, uh, you know, pre-scheduled posts, um, uh, for like a couple of days out or, um, you know, schedule, you know, the podcasts, uh, in advance and put it on the calendar. Just, just, uh, the, the normal ways I, I handle the stress of life, uh, is the, what I've been applying to the Kickstarter and it's been really helpful. That's great. That's a good lesson for, for everybody, I think. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so I guess my question would now be about future issues, but I want to check in and make sure that before I you sort of take us to the to the future plans, no, uh, make sure that Noah doesn't have any sort of questions about where we are with one and two and in, in the Kickstarter. No, I'm very curious about future plans. So okay. I'm, I'm guessing maybe with the the group that you have, you know, you guys are getting together like. Uh, is it a is it a function of like, hey, two is is crowdfunding, one is out there in the world. Let's, uh, you know, three is in some state of production. You know, like how 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 are you doing that with you know running a Kickstarter um, for two? You know, you in the you know in the future you got more stuff coming out. So you sort of like creative hat here, like going into the future, marketing hat here, like in in the present. Like how are how are things going with that? Um, it's pretty good. Uh, I definitely wanted to have, um, the art, uh, for my, since I, since I do write entirely first, I wanted to have, uh, you know, a preview, uh, for the Kickstarter at a minimum. Uh, mm -hmm. and I'm working, I have three more pages left for my story, uh, that I'm working on. But I definitely wanted to have that ball rolling, um, prior to, you know, the, the stress of the real, real time, uh, Kickstarter marketing campaign. Uh, so those, those are very separate. Um, so like when I was writing my story for issue two, I did my drunk mom crossover, you know, I'm happy. Uh, I think creatively, um, even when I was just coming up with like, okay, well, what's my story going to be in issue two, I kind of surveyed the team, uh, and what, what their directions were, what, where they wanted to go. Um, and, uh, Manuel's was a little bit, uh, I'd say probably the most predictable. He had, a his first story was birth, of, birth of a legend part one. So he's doing part two. He's following that up, uh, but it, it's been interesting to um, kind of see where they take it because the the, the thing is a multiverse anthology. Um, you know, the continuity is hard to um, you know tie together. So that, that, that's both a blessing and a curse of the you know the multiverse uh, you know plot devices. Uh, is like, all right, well these guys can do whatever they want. You know, uh, Corey's has a, a wizard in his and an elf in a fantasy world that looks nothing like the sci-fi world of the other stories, which is awesome. And we never would have gotten there and gotten that awesome story without, um, you know, just allowing him, you know, free reign to, to be creative and do whatever he wants. 
And then it's like, okay, well, how do we tie all this together? You know? So I, I wanted to kind of write a through line uh, for issue two and kind of start connecting a narrative. That was my, my vision for my story in issue two. Um, and so once I had that, uh, which is very collaborative and very involved with the other writers and what they're doing, um, that's when I, you know, put pen to paper, finish the story, finish the art, put the preview up and started the Kickstarter. So, um, yeah. And, you know, as concept art comes in, uh, we share it. We just have a group chat and it's really helpful for communicating. Um, hey, this is where we're at in the Kickstarter, sending updates, you know, um, and any random questions. Like one of the one that, ones that comes to mind is uh, in issue one, there's a shot, uh, a flashback where uh, Nico is uh, uh, in the lab with his uncle Giuseppe and the time spire explodes and he's going through a very uh, like George Perez, again, Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, inspired uh, portal that's just like geometry in the background. But um, you see his foot, his like entire boot because he's like falling backwards. And I was like, what does this boot look like? We don't have any drawings of his, of his feet. Uh, and so like we were just taking the, you know, like the Rob Lee field, like triangle stuff. And we're like, all right, well, what did you mean by this? Uh, and, you know, fleshing that stuff out in the group chat. So, yeah, we're, we're very communicative and collaborative. Uh, so I think it's really easy to whenever any of us needs anything creatively or, um, you know, in terms of the, the Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. Uh, if they need like uh, custom referral links or whatever, they just let me know and we just communicate really well. Very cool. That's so great. So uh, Noah, before we wrap up, I, I want to check in with you again to see if you have any, any final thoughts or final questions. Yeah. We met at uh, the secret layer uh, mini con uh, yeah. earlier. Actually it was right before the beginning of the month. It was September 30th. But it was, uh, do you have any other in-person events scheduled for this month while the campaign's still going? Um, in-person events, again, I'm kind of taking it one day at a time right now, but let me, uh, let me yeah. check. Um, let's see. I know that there's the Richmond um, Indie Comic Expo on November 11th, uh, the week after the campaign ends. Uh, there's the DC Zine Fest. Uh, it's a little bit north of us, but... Uh, um not anything coming up recently um now we were kind of just trying to get to the kickstarter and then get to work uh so i was kind of trying to keep my calendar uh, a little bit free oh, i did just have a uh a table signing at zeno's books in chesapeake um he had a uh, a birthday recently and he every year he throws a a party in the store and does sales and makes everybody cakes uh yeah wayne is a really nice guy um and just a huge part of our community there i know he's really close with uh with Manuel and, and Brian and everybody. I, I went there for years um, down in Chesapeake when I lived there. So That's so great. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, the campaign and what comes next for sure. So we're recording this episode like mid-October. Um, I'm looking. So you have about 18 days, roughly a little bit, a um, little bit more than two weeks. Um, and you... Your campaign is over on Saturday, uh, November 4th, 2023 at 8 p.m. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, so we're going to have a link to the Kickstarter in the in the show notes for anybody listening to just, you know, call up their pod player, you know, find the show notes, scroll down, click that link. So we're going to have that 
um, yeah. for, for people that are that are listening. But where are some of the other best places to, to follow you and some of the other folks that work on this book online? Yeah, um, I think, let's see. Uh, my website is clzeno.com. Uh, it has links to um, uh, the shop where you can purchase if you want, issue one. If you're listening to this after the Kickstarter campaign is over, that's a good place to get it, um, is the store on there. Uh, I think we all are active on Instagram. Uh, I have a threads, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, there's even a um, Spotify uh, playlist for the Avondris theory. That's really oh, fun. Wow. Uh, if you're, if you're a music nerd, like I am, uh, it's really fun. Uh, and Facebook and Instagram and everything. Um, I'm at CLZ, you know, pretty much everywhere. Um, and then Brian Lacey art, uh, met, uh, M a Carmona, Micah underscore Myers. Um, and, uh, cool Corey bro is, uh, Corey, uh, his handle. So nice. We'll, we'll link all that stuff, but certainly, uh, you know, your website as well, which seems to be the, you know, the, you know, after the, after the Kickstarter, which is the thing that, you know, we're most excited about, right. And the, the website for yourself seems like the, the best place. Yeah. To cool. But yeah, we'll, we're going to, we'll have everybody else. Really cool. So you mentioned earlier with the, with the elevator pitch, but let's, let's talk up the book one more, one more time. You have this, you know, this anthology, this, this multiverse. Uh, can you tell us maybe a little bit more in depth than, than an elevator pitch about this book that's on Kickstarter? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, like I said, it is a multiverse story. The main character is a uh, a young man named Nico Aldris. Um His parents were both physicists, um, and they were trying to create this uh, uh, invention that they had called the Aero Suit, A-E-R-O. Uh, the Aero Suit uh, being capable of traversing uh, the multiverse, uh, and they, uh, you know, in the name of science, we're looking to, uh, you know, go to other worlds, find technology, ma- uh, medicine, scientific advancements to bring back to their world and uh, you just ultimately use it for good um, and, you know, spread uh, those same advancements to other worlds and just be a force for good. Um, so there's the uh, evil emperor Mata uh, that doesn't like any of this. Uh, so he is uh, not as smart as uh, the Avandris uh, f- scientists and uh, is threatened by them. Uh, he thinks that they're you know, a threat to his empire and his power. Uh, so he's banned all, uh, all kinds of this uh, experimentation. Um, and he's uh, you know, acquired, he's not invented, but he's acquired some technology that's allowed him to uh, monitor for these types of anomalies when they do happen, when somebody does illegally experiment like this. Uh, so when light off one of their tests, uh, Emperor Mata's Armada shows up and uh, kills both of his parents. Hmm. Um, and so he, at, this is at a young age, and his uncle Seppi basically raises him um, on a moon of his uh, home world of Cosmos. Um, so on the K6 moon, his uh, uncle and him uh, are trying to invent a time machine to go back in time to save his parents uh, before they're killed. Um, there's also a, a big war going on between um, who his parents were working for, the Allied Legion, again, which are the rebels, um, and then uh, the Empire of Emperor, uh, Emperor Mata. Uh, it's called the Prime War. Uh, so in every universe, there's a Prime War. And so uh, in issue two, I'm kind of exploring, you know, what does the Prime War look like on Captain of Andres's, uh world? And what does it look like on Nico Demo's world? There are two other versions of Nico. 
that he's met along the way on his adventures. Um, and so, you know, Captain Avondra's his world, uh, as you can see in the flashback in the preview, uh, it's, you know, the, the home of Cosmos is still uh, a bright shining uh, beacon of civilization uh, in the, in the galaxy. And uh, they've all but snuffed out uh, Emperor Mata. And so he's basically like a terrorist uh, just kind of hiding uh, waiting to do kind of calculated attacks. Um, where on Nicodemo's world, you know, you can see him on the cover of the comic. You know, he's got one arm, he's got no shirt, you know, he's not having a good time. Uh, he hasn't shaved his face. He's, he's, he's doing kind of rough. Uh, he, he uh, on his world, um, Emperor Modest, uh, Cosmos, the A6, the whole Allied Legion, you know, they, they've lost the war. Um, and so he basically uh, uh, found a portal generator and, and got off world and uh you know got arrested for using illegal portal tech and that's that's where he's at that's his journey uh so the three of them uh are technically um captain of, of andres seen the two of them but they, they just go at events it's not really <laughs> not really uh he hasn't processed it yet so um yeah so they're just going around to each world uh so nico has the helmet the helmet of the arrow suit that his parents uh, entrusted him and Giuseppe with, and that is what creates the portals, is the helmet. Um, and so uh, Emperor Mata has the rest of the arrow suit that he stole from uh, from Nico's parents, uh, and all he needs is the helmet, and he's able to um, use that power for evil, uh, so he can dominate the multiverse, and uh, it's very, very scary. So they have to keep the, uh, the helmet safe at all costs, because that's the last key to... Um, controlling uh the um the arrow suit that sounds that sounds really cool so yeah there'll be a uh, kickstarter link uh in the show notes there'll also be a kickstarter link for a uh anthology that i'm in that's called uh zombies were human 2 this is volume three of of that um there'll also be a link to dying days which is in previews now from from red five comics um I created that and Noah helped me out uh, as the letterer of that book. Um, issue one should be in shops in uh, a couple of weeks. We're pretty excited about that. Um, if you want to follow, yeah. If you want to follow um, our podcast, we are on, I, I actually, I realized that I've been saying Twitter and I should be saying X. We are on X at, uh, at construct pod. We are on Instagram as constructing comics pod and Facebook as constructed comics Once again, I just want to thank everybody for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.